there's such a fine line between encouraging our kids to be more independent and feeling like we're checked out parents. We want them to evolve and grow into these resourceful, confident little leaders and ultimately confident and resourceful adults. But we still need to serve as those bumper lanes or bumper rails as they continue to develop through the process. So today we're talking about cultivating independence in our luminaries while learning to let go of the control and fear that a lot of us feel in that process. I think you're going to find that this particular episode hits home and gives you some simple ways to pull back a little bit and let them lead, even from a young age. So let's raise them up right. You're listening to the Luminary Leadership Podcast, where we elevate successful entrepreneurs into powerful leaders doing work that really matters. And this episode is dedicated to raising luminaries. If you listen to this show, you already know that it's not about you anymore. As a leader, a real luminary, you're here to deeply impact others. I feel it too. I'm your host, Elizabeth Hartke, a business leadership strategist and mom who's passionate about raising up that next generation of leaders. Looking at my three kiddos, I realized that I wanted to do entrepreneurship differently for them. Society is failing the next generation, and once a week on this show, we're doing something to change that. Whether you're a parent with your own little luminary or you want to heed the call of impacting those trailing you, this short but sweet episode will give you guidance and inspiration you can bring around your dinner table or into your community. You want to create your legacy? Here's where you start. Let's raise them up right. Whether you are a helicopter parent or lean more towards the hands-off style, we all share this common ground in, in wanting our kids to be these capable, independent kids that blossom into capable, independent adults. And this one has been really tough for me. So you spend years praying to become a parent someday, nine months cooking this little dream, and then all of a sudden they're placed into your arms and you are responsible completely for their survival. So as much as I had these visions and dreams of bringing up these little free spirits who I'd let figure it out on their own, my instincts as a mother, as a parent, were to protect and nurture and do it for them and and help them figure it out when they don't know how to figure it out on their own yet. It's this joke among parents when they see this first-time mom or dad hovering around their little toddler as they waddle around the house, as the more seasoned parents ask, you know, 30 minutes into the conversation, oh, have you, have you seen the kid, our kid? You know where they are? So it's just this something that kind of comes with time and multiple kids. With having each of our kids we've evolved along with them. We did the helicopter parent dance as our oldest, you know, learned to walk or we jumped out of bed in the middle of the night the second he'd make a sound. We probably woke him up half of the time. And now with our third, we don't even use a monitor anymore. So it's just such an evolution and this trust that you establish both for yourself as a parent, but also, you know, with your children. But it didn't come naturally to me to let go of that control because I want to help them. It's in my DNA to want to fix it for them, to find it for them, to make it for them, to do it for them. It feels good to me to give them those things. So there was this part of me when I'd see those kind of more hippie-like parents who would trust their one-year-old to navigate the stairs as I'm watching having a heart attack or let their five-year-old prep their own dinner despite half of it ending up on the floor for the dog, how they were so chill about the potential risks and the potential messes. But I think the answer lies somewhere in between the hands-off parenting and the do-it-for-them parenting in this space that cultivates that independence and that growth. And although I and my husband, we really weren't great at it at first, I see those benefits 
in real time in my kids in giving them the space to figure it out for themselves, not just in learning how to do things, but the confidence it develops. There's this awesome book that I highly recommend. I'll, I'll do my best to continually share any resources that I come across that I think will be helpful by Julie Lithcott-Hames called How to Raise an Adult. And she talks about her experience as the dean of admissions at Stanford. So she was the one, you know, kind of fielding those applications coming in and doing the interviews. And what she saw as years passed, you know, she was there for a long time in the kids that were applying to the school. So to quote Julie, she speaks about the college students who were, quote, somehow not quite fully formed as humans. They seem to be scanning the sidelines for mom and dad, under-constructed, existentially impotent. So she found that with those upcoming generations, that parents were so over-involved in the lives of their children that they couldn't function on their own. Despite that involvement coming from a really good-natured place and a loving place, it made the kids struggle far more going into adulthood. And she would describe, I love this phrase, she described the kids as veal-like humans, accomplished, lovely to look at, but they don't know how to think things through as adults. My mother would describe those people as can't think their way out of a paper bag. You know what I mean? Like it's, they couldn't do basic, simple things. So since our audience runs the gamut as far as the ages of the kids we're raising, there are ways you can start to develop their independence at any age. We have a two-year-old, we're doing it with our two-year-old, and you have a college student, you can do this with your college students and everything in between. You kind of adjust it to fit them. So for us, it's been this process of getting off the autopilot that does the thing for my kids just to complete the task instead of encouraging them to take the lead. Like it's just kind of automatic. You know, we're rushing out the door to get to church and I'm finding myself putting my shoes on, uh, not my shoes on my two-year-old, her shoes, my two-year-old's shoes on my two-year-old because it saves me time. It's quicker. It's more efficient. And it's just what I do. But now I'm trying to be really conscious of getting off that auto train and auto process and allowing them to have the space to figure things out within, you know, reason and safety. So my son has taken, he's taken so much pride, he's six, in getting snacks ready for his sisters, like taking on some responsibility, seeing that I'm busy, saying, hey, mom, can I help you with that? Not just because he wants to help his mother, but because he likes the fact that, we let him climb up on the cab or the counter as much as I'm holding my breath the first few times he did it. He's a great climber, though. And getting the plates or pushing a chair up to the cabinet to be able to reach the snacks he wants to grab and asking for some help to lift our youngest into her seat, which we do by allowing her to climb into it herself while we spot her. These are all things that I never used to do because I was like, this is more efficient. I can do it better than them. And I just honestly wasn't even thinking. When they want something, we talk to them about, hey, okay, what's needed to make that happen, right? If they want to buy something, all right, how much money do you have to save to do that? And what are some things you could do to to get to that place? We want to involve them in the adult conversations so that they can start to develop and understand what a process looks like. They lead both the discussion and the process with whatever parts are possible and safe for them to do. And part of the growth in independence is the doing, but Part of it is also in the discussion of how to do it, the figuring out, you know, that gets them to become a critical thinker and to think outside the box and develop that independence so that they can solve problems as they grow up. We've talked on a previous episode about the words and phrases that we discourage in our house. And since I can't usually comes with a set of like 10 pushups in our house, the kids know when they hit this roadblock, they ask for help. But now when they ask for help as to the how in doing something, 
we try and remember to respond with something that prompts them to have a discussion about it. Well, what do you think the options are? What do you think the best option is? Or how would you handle it? Or what do you think the best approach is? Let them start to craft the plan or have input. And even if their answer, which it often will not be the quickest point from A to Z, let them test it out and figure that out for themselves. Even though you're sitting there going cross-eyed like, oh my God, this is taking 1,000 times longer (laughs) than it needs to. But guess what? That's the growth process. And if you can start to put this into practice with your older kids, maybe you're thinking, oh gosh, I've coddled them for the last, you know, 15 years, 18 years. You can do this with them now. Allowing, don't like chalk it up as a loss. You know, this is still still your kid, you know, you can do some work. So allowing them to test it out and take pride in whatever it is they're doing can build that self-esteem and it can build confidence in them. Giving our kids a chance to figure things out, despite the fact that it may take longer, gives them a sense of accomplishment. I can't tell you how many times we've been, you know, about to run out the door and our two-year-old wants to put her shoes on herself, like I was talking about, my temptations to do it for her because I can do it approximately 50,000 times faster than her, but I've learned to account for that extra time. So I build that in and to accept, you know, when we leave the house and she has two different shoes on, both left shoes on her pudgy little feet, it's all good. It's going to be fun. Like it built confidence in her and she felt good about that. I don't know what those Pinterest and Instagram moms are smoking that they say it's fun and easy to cook with their kids in tow because I see the pictures and I know it took them 17 hours to get one picture where not everybody's freaking out, or at least that's what I tell myself to make myself feel better. But I do see the value in doing it. It does take longer. It is messier. It gives me gray hairs. I sometimes want to put my face through the wall. But cooking is a great way to do it. It's an important skill. They can learn everything from measuring to patience. You know, we bought these kid-friendly knives for our older two so that they, you know, we're still right there by them, but they can feel in control of the important parts of the process. And the same goes for if you have older kids, like mine are still young yet, but for homework, right? It's tempting to do it for them or to help them a little too much because what parent wants to see their kids struggle or potentially fail or be up till midnight doing homework or get a bad grade. You know, you want to you want to dodge that bullet of them lowering their GPA or missing out on an opportunity or whatever it might be, but it's their homework. And it's critical that they know that it's their responsibility. Yes, they can ask for help and you can help them, but ultimately it falls on their diligence to prioritize it and do the work. Let them go to school without their homework done and feel the sting of what happens when that happens. Now, you want to get your kids the help they need, and it's not a free-for-all, but the point being is don't take that responsibility on as your own. When they ask for help, help them, but let them direct you. Let them guide you. Let them show that they have gotten themselves as far as they can get on their own. Let's set the stage now. Cultivating independence is messier more frustrating. It takes longer. Have I sold you on it yet? You're like, oh my God, I don't want to do any of these things. It is such a major critical step in raising luminaries, independent leaders who will have the confidence and the tools to live their purpose and make their impact. We ain't raising no veal like humans around here. So give this a test run. Give it a try. Share what you find And if you have any other ideas of things to help develop and cultivate independence in your kids, share it, tag us at Liz Hartke. We can't wait to see. 
I hope today's episode gave you exactly what you needed. And if it spoke to you, please leave us a review and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on the next juicy episode. And don't be shy. I don't bite often. So come connect with me over on Instagram at Eliz Hartke. And if there's a topic or a question, a guest you want to hear on the show or an idea you have for us, just reach out and share your thoughts. We do this for you. So the more you tell us, the more we can serve. We pick a luminary each week from our social posts. So if you want to be entered into our Luminary of the Week drawing, then comment, save, and share the Instagram post from this episode. We want to lead and spoil you. Thank you for spending some time with me. I really do appreciate you. So tune in next time to keep building that legacy and doing the work that really matters.